Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. And we do invite you to call in at that number that was just given, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, where you get to call in and ask your Bible questions, and then also ask for prayer as well, give your prayer requests. My name is Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado with you. And I am with you today on the first day of August uh, to be your host, to desire to uh, just bless you and encourage you in any way that I can. So give me a call. we got all open lines right now. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And then the text line, that's the second way for you to be able to ask a question or to ask for prayer, and that's through a dedicated text line. And that is 720-336-0897. We are starting another month. It's the month of August. It's the month that uh, kids go back to school. Uh, we start heading into fall, fall activities and stuff. And so um, pray that you're doing well and just pray that uh, everything, um, as you're making plans, getting last, uh, you know, summer vacation stuff in and, and fun and things like that. But we do want to pray for our kids. We want to pray for our teachers and uh, very important time of the year that we remember them. So give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, the text line, 720-336-0897. Welcome everyone who's listening live on Grace FM along the Front Range, two different stations, 101.7 in Southern Colorado, and then 89.7, a powerful signal up here in Northern Colorado, up in the Southern Wyoming. You are listening live on this Tuesday afternoon. I want to welcome all those who are listening live on Radio by Grace and number of stations, 78, I believe, across the United States. You are listening live as well. Give me a call. Love to hear from you guys. And uh, so grateful that you guys are a part of our Calvary Live family. And then those who are listening, uh, that are listening on the gracefm.com uh, live stream, the, uh, the Grace FM app, uh, as you're listening, you too can call anywhere in the nation at 303-690-3000 is that call-in number that gets you to me, and we'll have our conversation. And it's a conversation not only to answer your questions and to pray for you, but to bless everyone who is listening. That really is uh, our desire here. And so give me a call. We've got a couple open lines at that number that I just gave to you, the text line want to remind you is a dedicated text line that you can send in a prayer request anytime, 24-7, and the prayer team at Calvary Church in Aurora will be praying for you. But during this hour of Calvary Live, uh, you will, um, you know, you can send it in, and as we have time between calls, uh, that we will take those prayer requests and we will pray for you. And I'd love to do that. It's a privilege to be here to pray with you. And uh, I just want to to let you know that resources there for you that you can send in a prayer request anytime, 24-7 at 720-336-0897. Be careful when you're texting. Always want to be careful. 
want to welcome all those who are week delayed as well on Hope FM in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Truth FM in Tennessee, North Carolina, Higher Rock Radio in Idaho, and Living Water Radio in Corpus Christi, Texas. A week delayed simply means you talk to me, and then a week later it will air on those Christian radio networks, and you get to listen to yourself. So give me a call. We've got open lines. Uh, the lines fill up. Give me a call right now at 303-690-3000. Is that call-in number, text line, 720-336-0897. Put those numbers in your contacts so you can just pull up Calvary Live, and you can text us a question, prayer request, or you can call and talk to me. This is really your show. Uh, where you, the listener, get to call in, and let's talk about the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to Ron in Colorado Springs. Hi. Ron, you're on Calvary Live. Well, I appreciate you taking my call. Absolutely. I have a quick question regarding the Book of Enoch. I heard on this station that it's not inspired Word of God, uh, and I believe that for myself, but my wife believes that it could be. I was wondering if you could elaborate on that thought just so I could explain it to her and anybody else who believes that it is. Well, a lot of people put a lot of interest in the book of Enoch and the Apocrypha, where we have these different books, um, that we have the canon of Scripture, 66 books that have been given to us. But the reason that it's rejected by church scholars and, and those who are putting the canon of Scripture together and I'm by no means an expert on all of this, but there there's certain criteria, there's certain qualifications of that book, you know, being in a part of the canon of Scripture. And they don't fall into that. You look at the book of Enoch, some of the Apocrypha books, and there's doctrine there that's not according to Scripture. Uh, historically, it's not correct. So that's why it's not considered a part of the canon of Scripture. And so what I suggest to people, if you want to read it, go ahead and read it. I mean, but don't treat it as, as though the inspired Word of God. Paul would write to Timothy in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration, that is, inspired, God breathed and put to the page, and it is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that we might be equipped for every good work. So from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, we know that that's inspired by God. But there's there's some problems historically, doctrinally, those Apocrypha books. That's where you get, you know, like the doctrine of purgatory um, in those Apocrypha books that have been added. Um, th- there is no purgatory. The Bible speaks of heaven. It speaks of hell. It speaks of eternity. Things like that that are in there that are, are problematic. So I would suggest, and one of the things that I just suggest to others um, because there are people that will call and say, why isn't the book of Enoch studied in the church? We got 66 books of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation uh, that yeah. we can never exhaust, that that's what our focus should be on those 66 books. So, you know, just encourage her to, to go to follow these, you know, read these 66 books that we know are inspired by God. We can have confidence and um, we can uh, know that it's, God speaking to us through the word, written word of God, and uh, and you know, but a lot of people get you know the Gospel of Thomas. Why don't we do that? Other books as well. Uh, we got sixty six books that um, we should be focused on and studying and looking at. Exactly. Okay. 
Well, thank you for answering that question. Well, I I thank you for calling, and it's a good question, and because it's a subject that comes up, and I always encourage people, you know, read your Bible, uh, read those books uh, that are given to us, that we can have confidence that they're a part of the canon of Scripture. Thanks, Ron. That's Appreciate right. it. Thank God you bless so much. you. Bless you guys God down bless. there in Bye-bye. Colorado Springs. Thank All right. You, you bet. 101.7, uh, Grace FM. Love to hear from you guys in Colorado Springs. Uh, Pueblo, Fountain, uh, Colorado Springs. Got lots of friends down there. Grew up in the Whitefield Fountain area. Love to hear from you guys how you're doing. You always call. Uh, what a tremendous blessing. So we got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000, that call-in number. Text line is 720-336-0897 is the text line. You can text me a question or per request and love to talk to you, um, you know, online or answer your questions through the text as we have time. But we got plenty of time in the show here. We're just getting going and the hour goes by fast. So grab one of those open lines. We're going to go to Fort Lauderdale, Carlos. Hi, Carlos. Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Uh, rainy. Is it? Is has it cooled oh, down? Yeah. Has it oh cooled? yeah, it's uh, it's in the upper seventies, oh. lower eighties right now. Sounds nice for Florida. <laughs> it is. It is, and it's uh, the rain is really nice for the vegetation. You know, it's yeah. really good to have. Absolutely. Um, what do you got yeah. for me? Yeah, I have a question for you. Actually, um, my um. Father, mother-in-law, my wife, and myself used to go to the casino quite a bit together. And uh, we've subsequently, uh, since we've dedicated our lives to Christ again, we've stopped going to the casino. But my my in-laws still go. I'm just wondering, is there anywhere in the Word that it says that uh, gambling is sinful? Because I think of the time when uh, Satan bet God that he could turn Job, and uh, God kind of accepted the bet. So I don't know if it's if gambling is really sinful or wrong or what but um yeah they're and, they're they're still going so i just wanted to know yeah and here's the thing about gambling a couple things to think about when you look at the whole of scripture there there's not a verse in the bible that says gambling is a sin but we can get a good uh idea and we can get a good concept of god's truth telling us that we're to be good stewards of of you know what has been given to us and the resources given to us, and how we invest that. And the thing that troubles me about gambling is, first of all, it can become very addictive. And I had a family member that got very addicted to gambling to where, um, and it was just going to um, the Knights of Columbus Hall when I was a kid um, and playing bingo. But that would lead to, you know, getting into debt and then going to the casinos and gambling and stuff. And I know that here in Colorado, we have some casinos and people go there and and they go to Vegas and things like that. But the thing I don't like about it is that people get very addicted to it and that they end up getting in financial trouble. The second thing is whether you buy, you know, is it sinful to buy a lottery ticket? Is it sinful to, to gamble, you know, a small coins, the slots, things like that. Uh, but the thing is that it usually ends up really, I think, pulling in uh, those who um, don't need to be gambling, those who have limited income, 
those who are on a strict, you know, budget, and it really is a temptation for them that if I can hit the jackpot, then, you know, maybe I'll make some money. And through my years, and I'm a little bit older, I've talked to many people and worked with them even when I was younger. I'm going to win the lottery. I'm going to win, you know, the uh, publishing clearinghouse sweepstakes. I'm going to win the jackpot, and they never do. The odds are better to get hit by lightning um, than to win the jackpot. And so they end up just this uh, hoping that sometime they'll 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 you know hit hit the, uh, the money and make money. Have you ever noticed the casinos? They're not hurting for money because they're coming out way ahead of all the gamblers. So it's kind of like, you know, even here, the lottery tickets are kind of like a tax um, to where they put a spin on it. It helps the parks. We can spend money. um, But it really is, um, you know, a burden on people that uh, don't really need that extra burden. The third thing, and I think this is the most important thing, is that God tells us to be good stewards of what has been given to us. And I think gambling isn't that. Um, He, you know, I had somebody call, not you know, last year, I remember, saying that I gambled $500, and now the big thing is sporting, you know, bets right now. Uh, The app, it's on your phone, you can, and there's advertisements all the time, and those things are going to ramp up now, that football's going to be starting uh, but he said, I lost $500 um, gambling, you know, on a football ga- uh, game or something. I can't remember all the details, but I was thinking, what if that $500 was used to invest in the kingdom of God? Now, how many Bibles would that have bought for somebody? And so people are responsible for what, you know, the resources. But I, I believe that in anything, when, when we're in these areas that, is it a sin, is this a gray area, that the question to ask is, number one, does this honor the Lord? Can the Lord look at this and say, this is good, this is good, and you're being wise in how you handle that and how you're spending that money? And second of all, is it a sacrifice of, of giving to the Lord? And, and certainly gambling doesn't do that. But that's what you can ask. Lord, this is honor you. This is, is this good? Is it good for me spiritually? And I don't think gambling fits into that. And there may be some that disagree with me, but I just don't like it because I've seen it and I've heard how it, it's just been a burden to so many people and even destroyed people financially to get themselves into big debt uh, because of it. Absolutely. I actually, um, I'm in Fort Lauderdale, so... They're actually a casino pops up every other. It seems like every other month, it's like a new casino pops up. So we got like maybe like twelve casinos down here now. So it's like it's a burden for for, for me. I, I don't I don't like it personally. Like I just uh, I feel like it's a deterioration of society. It's destroying people's lives. Um, you know, and like I said, there's people. There's people, I'm a veteran, so I get a pension. So there's so many veterans that go in there and spend their entire pensions on gambling, and they don't win, and they have that lottery mentality. And I didn't even think about the lottery. The lottery is a a gamble as well. And people have that lottery mentality where they think they're going to win their whole lives, and they go their whole lives without winning the lottery. You know what I mean? My dad was one of those people. He passed away 
unfortunately, three years ago, four years ago, but he had that lottery mentality his whole life. He wanted to win the lottery so badly, and he never did. Yeah, yeah, and it's just kind of a, a false kind of hope that is given to people. You know, there's somebody that wins, but, you yeah. know, the odds, again, are one in, I don't know, $250 million or something. Yeah, yeah millions, just, yeah. Just millions. And then here's the thing. I encourage people, and this is where I go with it. Listen, I know that you might think you have a budget, you go have fun, you know, all these things, but invest in the kingdom because the rewards are out of this world. And that's the best investment that you can make. Invest in the kingdom and then use your money wisely and, um, and you know, invest in into a future. Proverbs says that uh, to leave an inheritance to your children's children is, is a good thing. But the most important thing we know is the godly inheritance that we leave, live. But anything that we do and been entrusted with, we're to do it wisely. So hopefully that kind of helps Carlos and, and um, you know, just keep praying for them and talking to them about eternal perspective on um, how we, you know, do everything, how we spend our time, how we spend our money and all those things and keep praying for them. I will. Yeah, I'll keep I'll keep witnessing to my in-laws and make yeah. sure that they hear the right message. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Carlos. All right. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. God bless you. All right. God bless you guys in Florida there. 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. Got all open lines right now. So, you know, everything that, you know, those gray areas uh, about where we go, what we do, how we spend our money, you know, for me, I always run it through the thread of, can God look at this and say it's good? You know, is it beneficial to me? Is it going to stumble anybody, you know, in their faith? I, I don't want to stumble others. And, you know, we we need to ask those things. And, Lord, um, I want to please you in everything. I want to be a good steward in what you've given to me. So, hey, got all open lines right now. Love to uh, talk with you and encourage you any way that I can. So give me a call at 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand is that call in number, and the text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. One of the things that we've been doing that uh, um, uh, the last uh, couple programs I've hosted is we've been praying for the kids going back to school. But one of the things that I want to remind you is is that um, those of you who um, have kids, make sure that. We do a lot of preparation in getting them ready for school. When they start school, there's a lot of things that need to be done, and that's important. There's a lot of activities that, that they can get involved in, sports and everything like that. But I just want to encourage you, don't forget to take your kids to church. I know that as parents that we're told to raise our children in the ways of the Lord, we're the primary responsible ones to do that, to raise them in a godly home to instruct them in the ways of the Lord. Uh, scripture is clear on that. But they'll also have a place where you can bring them and we can come alongside and just encourage them in the Word of God and the things of God. And I was talking to our children's ministry director, who's so wonderful, worked so hard. we got a great team, Angie, about how we have kids that come. They they This is the only spiritual feeding and that they get because maybe they're coming with a friend that their parents aren't Christians, um, other circumstances. And so the time that we have, the little time that we have during the week, 
we want to bless them and we want to teach them. And, and I believe we got such an incredible, wonderful children's ministry um, that we get, you know, families. We have activities every month for them, uh, for the families to get together and bring their kids. We, we're already planning for when the holidays come, a harvest festival in October, things like that. But bring your kids to church. Bring them um, and bring them to that place where, um, you know, they can be edified and encouraged and blessed. And I think that should be a priority. And I know for us, and I'm not saying this to be prideful or to, you know, we were so wonderful, um, Sue and I, but we made it a priority to bring our kids to church. And there's a lot of distractions that are out there that can keep us away from church. But to be in fellowship, a place where they can grow, make good friends, be encouraged. And um, I just want to encourage you in that word as we begin uh, pretty soon a new school year. Don't forget to take your kids to church as well and be blessed in every way. Got open lines 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And then the text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Ian and Greeley. Hey, Pastor Jeff. How are you, Ian? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. I had a quick question for you. I was reading Matthew, and I, I, I've even looked this up before, and I just don't quite understand it. Um, when, when Jesus tells the disciples what is bound on earth will be bound in heaven and what is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven, what, is, what does that mean? Well, you know, I think what it means is that you have the authority of the Lord as they, you know, um, had the apostolic ministry that was given to them. Uh, but, you know, it's it's like we have the authority of Scripture. So we know that Scripture is given to us that um, we can speak that word with authority. And I, I believe that's simple. It's a simple explanation of what is being told to them, that whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven and heaven and earth. It doesn't mean that we can manipulate God uh, like some of the faith teachers will teach. It just means that, you know, we're in agreement with God, um, and he has given us authority to preach the gospel. He's given us authority to preach the word of God, and we know that the word of God is true for anyone. And that's why it's important for us as Christians to understand that the word of God is truth, and it doesn't just contain truth, it is truth. So we can speak the word with authority, and and we can speak it in a way into people's lives when we speak about salvation and righteous living and right living and um, and when it comes to a number of things, we have the word of God, the authority of the word of God that we can speak into people's lives. When it comes to you know speaking about um, the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ, and we we even talked a little bit about it on Sunday that. There's more behind the pulpit that say, well, you know, there's other ways to heaven and to God, and and uh, there's uh, other beliefs, and um, we're all children of God. No, we can speak with authority, can't we, Ian? And we can say that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So I like to look at it in that way, that we can speak with authority, the Word of God given to us, because it is truth, it comes from God, and there's life in the Word of God. It's alive and powerful, and we can speak it into people's lives. Okay, that makes that makes sense. And so, like, bound means like forbidden, and loosed means allowed. And so, you're just what you're saying is like 
we can we 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 can tell what's true from the scriptures and and preach that, and that's what you're saying. And and, and what's true here is true there. Is, is, is that am I understanding that right? Yeah, because we have the authority of heaven. We have the authority of the Lord. Um, to you know, it's kind of like I I believe he says that in Matthew right after yeah. the transfiguration or or um. Uh, before the transfiguration, right after uh, Peter gives his confession. Um, is that where it is I'm thinking of? Yeah, and, I think so. You know, and here is Peter. He's going, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so Jesus begins to talk to him uh, about, you know, the keys of heaven. And sometimes we'll picture it of, you know, Peter's up there at the pearly gates. That's where all the... the, um, the um, you know, jokes and everything come. And here I found it in Matthew 16. I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so, you know, the authority of the gospel, the authority of um, speaking it into people's lives, and uh, we can... Uh, do that with uh, absolute assurance. We can do that, um, you know, in doing that. So he's going to build his church upon it, and the gates of hell will not prevail. So you know, uh, it, it it the idea is Peter uh, holding the keys to the kingdom of God has, you know, just captured a lot of imagination, and um, and that's where we get those you know, you know, jokes and everything else. Uh, mm-hmm. But the idea is they apostolic authority came from Jesus, gave it to Peter, the apostles, um, and it would continue and has. And the power of binding and loosing is something that even the Jewish rabbis of that day used. They bound or loose an individual in the application of a particular law. And Jesus promised, yeah, promises Peter and the other apostles um, that, you know, they're able to set the boundaries authoritatively in this new covenant um, in what Jesus has done, because you hear it, don't you? Well, you know, I believe that there's lots of ways to heaven. Well, that's not the authority of God. That's not the word of God is given. You and I can say, hey, uh, we know that Jesus is the one uh, that provided salvation. So in a in a kind of a, a, a way that I can understand that, that's the way I think about it, because the authority was given to the apostles and prophets that build a foundation, Ephesians chapter 2 tells us. I see. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. I had one more quick question, if you have time. Yep, sure do. It's also in Matthew. When, when Jesus asked the disciples, who, who do people say that I am? And they responded, well, some say you're Elijah, and some say you're... Well, they, say, they also say, you, some say you're John the Baptist, and I, I was confused about that because, I mean, I thought John the Baptist and Jesus pretty much lived at the same time, and he they, might have been beheaded by that point, but... Uh, how how could he be? Yeah, I think it was because John was beheaded. Because remember, Herod, uh, the tetrarch up north, thought that Jesus was John the Baptist, risen from the grave or coming back. Um, oh. So that's what he thought. So some thought, you know, you're one of the prophets. You're John the Baptist. Um, you know that has come back, and and so you know they you're some religious man is what you are. And Jesus says, you know, as Peter gives that confession, you're the Christ. You're not one of the prophets. You're not John the Baptist. He was the forerunner. 
you're the Christ, right. the Son of the living God. So I think it was after he was beheaded, and even Herod thought that maybe Jesus was John the Baptist come back to life. Oh, wow. All, All right. right. Thank you so much, Pastor Jeff. You bet, Ian. God bless you. God bless you, too. You bet, absolutely. Hey, we're going to break here, and we got a couple open lines. So 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. Grab that call-in number for your questions and then also for your prayer requests. And then the text line, 720-336-0897. And love to talk to you about the things the Lord. You hear the, the music. So give me a call. I'll see you on the other side of the break. It's the only break of the show. You're listening to Calvary Live on this Tuesday afternoon, the 1st of August with Pastor Jeff Biggs. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So glad to be with you. It's always a privilege to be with you, to just be a small part of your life. I pray it's a blessing and encouragement. Those of you who are listening, it might be evening uh, on the East Coast. It might be kind of the middle of the afternoon on the West Coast, wherever you're listening. We even have international listeners that listen in, in different parts of the world, wherever you're at. We want to welcome you as well. It's so wonderful that technology connects us together. But what a privilege it is to be with you over the airwaves. There would be um, just uh, an encouragement to you in a small way in what good God is doing in your life to answer your questions. And uh, so I just want to um, just, um, just be an encouragement. Give me a call. You heard those numbers, the call-in number. We got an open line is 303-690-3000, and the text line is 720-336-0897. We're going to go to Dave in Highland Ranch. Hi, Pastor. Hi, Dave. How are you today? Excellent. Say, as a uh, as a, uh, a teacher of prophecy and end times results, uh, what what is your take on what's going on in Israel these days, you know, with riots and, uh, you know, Bibi Netanyahu, they went into oust him, and there's been a rearrangement of the judges and legislatures. I have an opinion, but what is your take on it? <laughs> you know, I don't know. You know, it is interesting. We we know this from Scripture that in the last days that Israel is going to be the focal point of end-time prophecy, uh, that there's going to be a focus on Israel. Uh, we know that from Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, uh, that the Antichrist will make a covenant with Israel for a week. Um, Israel, there's a lot going on politically inside of Israel, but I think that perhaps as we see that, that, you know, Israel's like everybody else. Israel is looking for a leader. Israel's got problems that, like all nations do, and even Jesus spoke about the perplexity of nations with distress that they're trying to figure out. And so the world's looking for a strong, strong leader, and the one Antichrist is going to rise up in the tribulation period that marks the beginning of the tribulation period— when makes a covenant with Israel for a week. Um, it seems to be that that covenant is going to allow them to build their temple. So I think the upheaval is, um, 
you know, is, is there um, in the nation, uh, the, the, the nation looking for a strong leader? Because it's interesting, Dave, you probably know this, that w- when you go to Israel, when they talk about, you know, there's even signs around that said, get ready, Messiah is coming. Uh, they've been yeah. around ever since I've gone to Israel. And if you go to the old town Israel, you go to the shops and talk to them and just ask them what do they, you know, who is Messiah, who are they looking for in that conversation. And they're looking for a man. They're looking for a political leader uh, that's going to lead them into prosperity, that's going to lead them, um, you know, away from wars. They're tired of wars. Uh, We know that Iran continues to threaten uh, Israel. We know that Iran will be a part of that confederation of nations that will come against them in Ezekiel chapter 38. So I think uh, what we see as we watch Israel today, the upheaval, it's just that, um, you know, they're going to be looking for a man. Um, and then also, I think what we're going to see, Dave, as well, is we're going to see Israel being more isolated by the world. And mm. because, you know, Zacharias says that all the nations, um, you know, that Jerusalem will be a cup of trembling. So I think that we'll see Israel become more isolated, definitely in the tribulation period. Uh, before the rapture of the church, will we see them be more isolated? It very much could be, because all the signs that are given to us by Jesus are going to culminate in the tribulation period. So they're going to be alone. And, and even Joel and the others give that indication that it seems like Zechariah that they're going down that they can't trust in a man, they can't trust in a political leader, they can't even trust in their own military. they got a very strong military. Amazing what God has done in, in protecting them. But they're going to learn to trust in the Lord, and their eyes are going to be open and realize that uh, Jesus is their Mashiach. So, sure. Yeah, sure. that's kind of a simple take, what, what I think that we see right now going on in Israel. Sure. Well, I see this as a, a call for them to, uh, you know, appoint uh, some kind of a mediator for peace, of course. Yeah. And, you know, and that is going to happen. So I think what we'll see is the tension getting, you know, because they're always under threat and under uh, the threat of war. And um, there's even some worry in the political, you know, what's going on with all the things that, are they going to be ready for war, the readiness of their uh, troops? And, and, you know, they are the most prepared uh, army in the world. But I think they're going to find out that, you know, eventually, of course, by the end of the tribulation period, that their strength isn't in their army, it isn't in their leaders, it's in their Mashiach, Jesus. Uh, because, right. as Zacharias says, half the city is going to go under. It looks like they're going under, and then the Lord's going to step in and— um, so incredible, you know, we do want to watch Israel. Um, I'm going to be in Israel in October. So hopefully to kind of get a better feeling of what's going on over there. Yeah. It'd be, be great to get a report from you when, when you come back. Well, I appreciate it. So yeah, the epicenter of God's, you know, Bible prophecy is that little nation, the size of New Jersey. Indeed. Oh, thank yeah. you so much. Appreciate it. You bet, Dave. Thanks for calling. I appreciate you taking the time to do that. Bless you. Bye-bye. You too. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897. I want to go to Ben. He's been waiting. Ben, here in Colorado. How are you, Ben? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm doing. What can we do for you? 
I've been requesting prayer for my sister who struggled with chronic pain for a really long time, more than a decade. Um, it, it just doesn't seem to get better. And, and uh, we, we lost our mom about six years ago. My condolences to you because I know you lost your mom as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And, and I'm sorry we, for your loss. Yeah, we lost her about six years ago, and that kind of compounded the, the existing chronic pain. There's been some other family loss in between there. Um, yeah, it's just one of those. I don't understand chronic pain. I don't suffer from it from myself, but I know a lot of people do, and it's a complicated issue. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, prayer for God to either heal her or give her the strength to suffer well. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a yeah, difficult it's, thing. You know, yeah, it is a difficult thing, and you know, I know people that suffer from chronic pain, and um, and it is it is very, very, very difficult. So, Father, we do pray for Ben, his sister. As dealing with this chronic pain day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. We don't understand how uh, difficult it is, but you do. So we lift her up to you. I just pray that you give healing and relief to her. Lord, that you would touch her body, um, that you would help um, help her manage the pain. Um, because, Lord, it it. To go through it through today is very, very difficult. To try to get sleep is very, very difficult. So, Lord, I just pray that you just uh, would work in her life. And, Lord, I pray you be with Ben. Help him to minister to his sister. And, um, and to Lord, the things that as they lost their mom a few years ago, that the, the challenges or difficulties or other things that come with the loss of a loved one and a parent, Lord, that you would bless this family. And, Lord, that you would work. And I just pray for relief uh, for his sister. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be praying, Thank Ben. You. You, you bet. God bless you. you All my, right. my condolences to your loss as well. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. All right. I think we got all open lines. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, the text line is 720-336-0897. So if you've been wanting a call, give me a call. Love to talk to you and pray with you, answer your questions. Uh, kind of going back to Dave, uh, asking about Israel, um, you know, just to, again, um, is is interesting, the things that are taking place in the world. And I was talking with somebody about it the other day that nations do play a big role in um, the end time a scenario and Israel, of course, being the uh, epicenter of of end time prophecy, um, we know that God's going to to focus once again on Israel when the church is raptured. Um, and once we're raptured, then there's a focus on Israel, and uh, we see that very clearly in the Book of Daniel. We see that very clearly in the Book of Revelation, and we also know that other nations are going to play a role as well. And somebody asked the question about, is America in prophecy? I answered it yesterday, uh, but there's not a real clear uh, uh, reference to the United States. There's some speculations from Ezekiel 38, maybe Daniel chapter 7, that America uh, is on the scene in the last days, playing a, a limited role. But it reminds me how we need to be praying for our nation. Um, and we need to be praying, especially... Now is we're going to be heading in the fall, and when we get to a new year, next year being an election year, for a spiritual awakening and a spiritual revival, that is the hope of our nation. 
and that's what I loved. It was so exciting about many of you saw the Jesus Revolution uh, that came out, and, and people are still watching it. Um, and I, I saw through Calvary Chapel Magazine um, the baptism Greg Glory did at Pirate Cove, 4,500 people baptized. That's an amazing thing. Um, and I just pray, Lord, send revival to our nation. Uh, send revival, spiritual awakening uh, once again before um, the coming of the Lord. And, and that's what I want to pray for and to remind you to pray uh, for that, uh, for our nation, because that's the hope of our nation. So nations play a role. What's going to happen in the United States? I don't know. Um, I pray that so many people get saved that when the rapture happens, um, you, know, you know, it'll have a serious effect on our nation. But um, be praying. Be praying for revival. And, and it excites me when I see, um, you know, when I read about the baptism, uh, 4,500 people there at Pirate Groves, Great Glory. And uh, and I get to hear reports of things that are taking place also what is exciting, a year ago, I remember being in Mexico doing a conference for the pastors in Mexico and hearing the report of the gospel spreading throughout Mexico was absolutely amazing. Uh, and young people, sometimes we think our young people, um, we've lost a generation. Listen, God is still working. He's still working. And we have young people at our church that are excited about the Lord. They're excited about ministry. Pray for our younger people. Yes, it is harder. And um, yes, we do see that uh, there's difficulties um, today spiritually, a decline morally, a decline, um, you know, in just holding on to biblical truth, what culture is telling us to embrace, which flies right in the face of what God's word has to say. That pressure is on all of us, but God is still working and he's going to continue to work. And there are young people that are saying, I'll go to the mission field. I'll go to different places. And What's happening with, um, you know, in South America and uh, Calvary Chapels being planted and Corey Kilgus down in Peru. I just it just warms my heart. So uh, the Lord is working. He is working in the days in which we are in. And we want to pray for our young people. We want to pray for a nation for a spiritual revival. And we want to pray for the peace of Jerusalem because God's got a plan for them. And this is very unique days. And again, we do have open lines, 303-690-3000 the call-in number, and then the text line, 720-336-0897. But you and I are here for such a time as this. We are here for such a time as this. And it's a hard time to, to be a Christian, but it's also a very exciting time to be a Christian as well. And I think that the Lord has renewed my heart and my spirit uh, in these things, and just a sense of urgency that you and I get to be a light, and uh, we get to be uh, a vessel to use of the Lord, to minister to the people that are are linked to you in your life, and to be able to be light to them. And light isn't, you know, just heard. Light is seen. And I pray that people would see the reality of Jesus Christ in your life, and it goes such a long ways that churches would be a light in their community. And, um, And God has placed... Teachers, we have teachers going back to school, um, that you're a light in those schools, as hard as it is, that he has his people in every realm, in the political realm. He has uh, his people as mechanics and um, working the land, uh, that are uh, working in hospitals, that 
uh, are doing all kinds of work in every area of life. Wherever God has placed you, you be a light, and you be a light to the people around you, and be praying for your community, and be praying for our nation, uh, for revival to take place, because God wants to save this nation. And uh, I, I want to be a voice, as long as the Lord gives me breath, to be a voice of truth to, to the people that I have opportunity to minister to and to be a light to them. The world desperately, desperately needs you and the people around you to be light. So be used. I hope that's an encouragement to you and um, to be used of the Lord. All open lines, 303-690-3000. Got plenty of time to give me a call. That's the call-in number to text line, 720-336-0897. There is a text question that has come in. And uh, as I'm answering this text question, grab one of those open lines, the number that I just gave to you. But the text question is, is it important to study the Old Testament? And yes, it is important to study the Old Testament. And I think that that uh, perhaps that um, a lot of Christians think, well, it's not really important to study the Old Testament. Of course, studying Psalms is good. Proverbs, um, oftentimes people will ask about when they have devotions, should they just read the New Testament? I always encourage them, you know, read a, a Proverbs, you know, daily. You got 30 Proverbs. You can read one in a month. Read a Psalm. Uh, the Psalms that are, are so amazing and can bring comfort to us. But there's so much in the Old Testament. And as we read the Old Testament, we can understand the New Testament actually better. It's all part of God's uh, um, counsel, his His word, um, Genesis, how he created us, the beginning. And as we understand the beginning, we can understand the end as well. So it's important for us to study the Old Testament. 303-690-3000, still got all open lines. Um, give me a call. Love to talk to you. But also that uh, Jesus said to the religious leaders that you search the scriptures and in them you think you have eternal life, but these are they which testify of me. And when you read the Old Testament, it points to, it speaks of, it's all fulfilled by Jesus, and it's absolutely amazing. So it is important to read the Old Testament, the prophecies, the coming of Messiah, the second coming of Jesus Christ, uh, even the the encouragement and blessing, learning of the character of God. Um, And so be a student of the Word of God, going through all of the Scriptures that is profitable, all of it, as Paul wrote to Timothy, for doctrine, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that we might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And there are oftentimes, you know, here's the thing. Sometimes um, when we go through um, a principle, uh, a precept that is in the New Testament, you can always go to the Old Testament and see an illustration of it. Um, Flee youthful lust, you know, as Paul wrote to Timothy, You can go and you can look at Joseph and how Joseph wanted to honor God in that. Um, And he wanted to, um, you know, he said, how can I do this wickedness? Joseph in the book of Genesis, when Potiphar's wife made advances towards him. And so there's that illustration. So you're going to understand the scriptures better as we put all of the scriptures together and read it together and study it. So it's a simple yes. Yes, it is important to study the Old Testament. Let's go to Lucy in Colorado Springs. Hi, Lucy. Hi, Pastor. Thank you for calling. Hi. Yeah, you're on Calvary Life. What can we do for you? Thank you for taking my call. 
I would like to ask for prayers for my son, David, my oldest son. He doesn't get enough rest. He struggles to sleep, and he suffers from migraine headache. Mm, yes, absolutely. We'll, we'll pray. Father, I do yeah. pray for David. I pray for Lucy's son. He, he's got migraines. He's not getting rest, and rest is very important um, because— to wake up exhausted, to wake up um, just drained of energy. I just pray that you take the migraines away, um, that if there's any way that um, he can get some medical help to help him, if you choose to use doctors or um, anything in that order to help him. But, Lord, we know that you're the great physician, so bring relief to him. Help him get the sleep that he needs um, and help him uh, to, um, you know, be um, energized and to be able to go about his day without suffering from migraines. So we just pray for your healing touch, your compassion and your mercy upon David. And Lord, um, just bring that healing to him to take the pain away, the migraines. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Yes, Lord. And most of all, please pray for him and his brothers that they will walk with the Lord. Yeah, and absolutely. just keep on, you know, keep their faith and walk with the Lord because nothing in this world matters beside yeah. your relationship with your Creator. Thank Amen. you, Pastor. May God bless you. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Lucy. I pray I for it. you guys every day because Amen. you're yeah. doing an awesome job helping people and praying and answering questions. May God bless you. Thank you, Thank Lucy. You. I appreciate the encouragement. And we're going to take the time right now to pray for David and his brothers. Lord, we pray that they would come, be drawn to you, and, and come to know you and follow you. Lord, I pray that you would um, do a work of salvation in their hearts. Like Lucy said, the most important thing is to have a relationship with you. So yeah. bring salvation to them. Be with Lucy. Give her the words to speak into the lives of her sons. And Lord, I just pray that um, you would do a saving work in, in this family. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. You May bet, God Lucy. bless you all. Thank, Thank you. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. How sweet. Appreciate the encouragement. Um, let's go to Linda and Greeley. Hi, Lin- Hi, Linda. Hi. How are you doing today? I am good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. I have a question about the, you know, the, uh, when Satan and was cast down and the angels with him. Uh are they the same as the demons, or is there a difference between the fallen angels and demons? Well, I think they're the same thing. You know, we know that Lucifer, according to Isaiah 14, and then Ezekiel also tells us how, um, you know, he rebelled. Uh, Revelation chapter 12 tells us that a third of the angels followed him. Right. And in Revelation chapter 12, the question is, is that yet future, or is it speaking of the past? Um, and we do know that a third of the angels followed after Lucifer. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning to the earth. So those fallen angels um, are demons. And But yet, what is interesting, when you look at the, the spiritual world, that they're highly organized. So um, Paul would write in Ephesians chapter 6 about uh, principalities and powers um, and uh, he he's a counterfeit. So just as God has um, Michael the archangel, we talk about there's different archangels. 
Um, but there's only one archangel, definite article, the archangel. Michael's also one of the angels of the chief princes of God. So there's a number of them. You know, that's a another order. There's cherubim, there's seraphims. You got Gabriel that's named uh, in uh, the uh, book of Daniel that seems to give the announcements concerning Messiah. Um, that's his ministry. Michael's one that defends the nation of Israel, will stand up and do battle against Satan in the tribulation period. So you got this whole hierarchy of angels that are organized are, um, in heaven, and then Satan has his angels as well organized. You got demons, you got um, those principalities and powers. He says that um, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, yeah. against the rulers, darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness. In the book of Daniel, seems to indicate that there's demons over nations. Because you remember that in Daniel chapter 10, that he's praying and he's waiting for you know God to answer. He waits for three weeks. Daniel's is fasting. He's praying. And an angel came and said, hey, I was in battle with the the prince of of uh, Persia, and yet Michael had to come and help me. So there's there's it's interesting insight. Are there demons over nations? And it seems to indicate. He said, "I'm going to go back, and I've got to battle the the prince of Greece." So you know, there's a the spiritual world is real, but the fallen angels are the demons, um, and and demons are real, and they're out there. And, well, um, I believe that. I believe that. But where does the Nephilim uh, come in then? Well, the Nephilims are. There's a debate on all that. Was that just? Uh, was it the um, demons, fallen uh, angels that somehow were, um, you know, involved in having relations with um, the the daughters of men um, and trying to pollute the uh, the um, you know the uh, line of Messiah in all of this. There's some that believe that Jude uh, kind of gives a little bit of indication of that um, uh-huh. in his little epistle. Uh, he says that the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode, he is reserved to everlasting change under darkness for the judgment of this great day. And he ties that in with as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in similar manner to these having given themselves to these, having given themselves over to immorality, sexual immorality, gone after strange flesh. So is that what was happening? Others say no. It's just speaking of the line of Seth and the line of Cain um, is all it's speaking of. So, you know, it's a debate. You can do reading on it and stuff, but I think that something was going on um, to where, um, you know, you, you had the Nephilims, the, you know, who were they exactly? And um, so you can do all kinds of reading on it. Yeah, it's quite an amazing thing to see how all that fits in and why and how and, you know, so. But anyway, that answers my question as far as, you know, the difference. I didn't think there was, I was wondering if there was a difference between them. Yeah, so. and, you know, he, here's the thing um, that, and it's, this isn't part of your question, but, I you know, we're getting ready to end the show but in Colossians, because Jesus went to the cross, he says, having disarmed principalities and powers made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them uh, in it. Um, the good news for you and for me is, as Christians, we have victory. 
um, we have victory, and Satan has no authority over us. Now, he has the spiritual weapons against us, right? He throws the fiery darts at us. Don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. That's what the Scripture says. And he will try to trick us, deceive us, um, you know, tempt us, lie to us. Uh, He's, you know, all these weapons that he does have, but he has no direct authority over us. He'll try to oppress us, but Christians cannot be demon-possessed. And because we have the Spirit of God in us. And Paul writes this in Colossians chapter 2, right after he says, here's the mystery, Christ in you. So I'm so thankful that we have victory in Jesus Christ. And um, we we don't fight for victory. Uh, we fight from victory in that spiritual battle. Um, and we submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Amen? Exactly. Yes, that's true. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank so, you, So, yeah, Linda. that's what I, because I heard that we have, are surrounded by demons all the time with our fiery darts. And daily that, you know, we have to be aware who we are and, uh, you know, that yeah. we have to be aware that they are They're real. real. And they, they, are, are, they are real, and it's a spiritual battle out there. And we yeah. want to put on the whole armor of God because here's the thing. Satan doesn't fight fair. And it isn't like, you know, we're out doing battle and we can say, oh, Satan, please, can you stop battling against me <laughs> or your demons? Because I forgot to to put on my helmet of salvation, you know, or whatever. You know, he's looking to to tear us apart. So put on the whole armor of God and stand firm and walk in him. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it, Linda. Thank you, everybody who's called in. Yeah, God bless you. So good to be with you. The hour went by fast, but keep in the word. Uh, Be in church this Sunday, and may you be filled with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.